Scott <clears throat> asked me to, uh, to introduce myself, um, which I, I didn't think about this. So there's just so many new people in the room, which is awesome. Um, so many people here who have been here only a few weeks or maybe for the first time. And, uh, and if that's you, and we're really excited to have you. So my name, <clears throat> my name is Nick Reeves. Um, my beautiful wife, Holly, and I have been married for, that's my water. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> are you taking my water? Um, <clears throat> my beautiful wife, Holly, and I have been married almost 16 years now. We have three kids. Ethan's a freshman. Addie's in sixth grade, Emmett's in fourth grade. Um, I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I get to hang out every day with junior high and high school kids, really awesome kids, some of them who are here tonight, a lot of them who are here tonight. So I work at Brazos Christian School, and I just get to hang out with those kids Monday through Friday, uh, most weeks, and it's a real gift. And a few months ago... Um, I was blessed to take on the role here as an elder at Community Church. We've been here um, for about 15 years. So Scott Stoltz, our lead pastor, was my youth minister and uh, back in the day in Brenham. And um, there are a lot of great stories to tell, none of which will be told tonight, but that's part of the connection there. Josh and I, who is leading worship, Josh and I were in the same youth group together. Lots of great stories to be told there, none of which will be told tonight. Um, but there's lots of really fun connections. So that's a little bit about me. Tonight, we're going to talk about this idea, this word, passion. And as you guys think of that, there's probably something that you immediately connect to when you think of the word passion. So you might think of something that you're passionate about, a, a sport, an idea, a concept, something that drives you to be really great at something. Um, the, the word passion is loaded. It, it stirs a lot of things in a lot of people. And what's been really cool the last few weeks at Brazos Christian Schools, we've had the gift of having... Adam Sines come and share with our kids the last three weeks at chapel, and he's been talking about different kinds of love in the New Testament, and the second week, he talked about uh, like romantic passion, and um, Andrew and Isaiah just totally ate that up with their dad up there talking about sex. It was really good, very special for them. Um, no, they did not say that at all, uh, but it was fun sitting in the back watching them as he's talking about it. Um, that was really enjoyable. But we're going to talk about this idea of passion. And so whatever you're thinking about right now, we're going to unpack it in some ways tonight that, that maybe um, you, you haven't thought of before. or The dots haven't been connected in this way. And so I don't bring anything necessarily new or special. I hope simply just to stir some thoughts. So we talked about this idea that people are passionate about certain things, right? Some people really passionate about college basketball. And in the next few weeks, watch Scott. Watch 
Scott the next few weeks, and he will get more and more excited and passionate about March Madness and all the different stuff that comes with that. We have lots and lots of sports fans here, okay? But even when you're passionate about some sport, your passions, your hope for your team, eventually they get, they get crushed, right? Because they don't do as well as you hoped they would. Or you're passionate about the Oscars, right? So Jackie, Jackie is more fired up about the Oscars than any person I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, we have a church party for the Oscars. Never in any other place I've ever been have we had a party for those kinds of things. But that's something that she's really, really passionate about. And, and, and just kind of like with sports, I'm sure Jackie's got her card laid out and all the things that she's going to guess and get right. And there will be some of those that she doesn't. And some of those passions, some of those hopes that she has will probably be let down. Now there's a chance. There's a chance that she could knock the ball out of the park and get every single one right this year. But the chances that she could do that year after year after year are highly unlikely. And some of us are passionate about uh, social issues. Things like human trafficking. Um, things like uh, the Me Too movement and, and speaking out about sexual assault or harassment or um, different Different social issues that come up. There's a ton of them, right? We're passionate about all these different things. And that is just a very, very short list of the things that we could be fired up about and be passionate about. But as we dive into this idea of passion tonight, I want us to start here. I want us to have a little Latin lesson in at Brazos Christian School. Latin is a part of what we do in, in grammar school. So our pre-K through sixth grade kids, they do some portion of Latin every single week all the way till they get to sixth grade. In seventh and eighth grade, kids have Latin twice a week. And then in high school, you get two choices of foreign languages. You can either go the Spanish route or you can go the Latin route. Now, in high school, I went with the Spanish route. Latin wasn't even an option where I grew up. I didn't go to a private school. I went to Brenham High School. We didn't offer uh, Latin in Brenham. We weren't that sophisticated. Uh, but as I was looking through this, this word passion and trying to unpack it just for my better understanding, I reached out to my Latin teacher, one of our Latin teachers on campus, Miss Karen King, and I said, hey, I was doing a little internet search, and, and it said the word passion came from the Latin word pati, uh, which means to suffer. Is that correct? And she said, well, yes and no. She said, actually, the, the word passion, the noun, comes from the Latin word pasio. But that the word pasio actually came from the verb pati, which means to suffer. And so I think about us and the things that we're passionate about, and I think that, that sometimes if you think about your passions, there, there are things that you, you long for, right? You endure. Um, you think about Texas A&M football, right? Uh, you have endured not finishing well for however many seasons in a row, right? And that's why we get new coaches. And, and whatever you think about college football, there's so much of it that's ridiculous, but it is what it is, right? And there's this enduring 
that we do as people when we're passionate about certain things. So what does it mean for us to have passion? And not only that, but what was the model that Christ gave us? And I think to do that, we have to go into Latin part two, which is this. This is the model that Christ gave us. So think about the word compassion. The, the, The com part came from the Latin word cum, okay, which means together or with, and if you connect that to pasillo, it means to suffer with, this idea of compassion. And, and in her email, Mrs. King said, this is what means so much to me. And this just landed on me in a new and fresh way. She said, this is what means so much to me about the love of Christ, is that he came to suffer with us. That he came to be part of us, to endure with us. And so tonight we're going to talk about three ways very quickly about the ways that the Lord modeled for us passion through three different things. Okay, we're going to talk about this idea of passion through sacrifice. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Romans chapter 5. I know most of you don't because you expect it to be up on the screen. Um, but but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from here. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, it's okay. Jesus still loves you. Um, but sometimes too, it's, it's just helpful like for me to, to read from here and you to hear it aloud and to be following along on the screen. So all the above, here we go. Let's talk about this idea of passion through sacrifice. You see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die For a righteous man, if you guys think for just a minute before we continue, think about this idea, this cum passio, this idea that Christ came to suffer and endure with us. Verse 7, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is not something that we haven't talked about recently. Thad talked about this, but I think the model that Christ gave us was that he gave up everything perfect to come and to be with us, to be passionate through his sacrifice, not only through the idea of sacrifice, okay, but also through suffering. And let's just back up just a little bit in, in, in that uh, in that passage, and let's read verses three through five. And, and I want to point out something that, that I think is huge in, in these three things tonight. So we've got this idea of passion through sacrifice, this idea of passion through suffering. And in just a minute, we'll talk about passion through speech. But in the beginning, when we were talking about these three examples and the things that we can be passionate about, eventually, at some point, the things that we're passionate about are going to let us down. But as believers, here's the beautiful thing, gang. We never get let down. Now, that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that at times our emotions are not going to feel run down, beat down, downtrodden, sad, defeated. There's nothing wrong with that. 
There's nothing unbiblical or unholy about feeling those emotions. But let's talk about in this passage what we do have and the gift that we have been given in verse 3. It says, not only so. Let's start back at verse 1. This isn't up here. So listen. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. This is what sets us apart as believers. That when we suffer, we don't just suffer as people who are hopeless, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And this, folks, this is what we've been given, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts By the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. We've been given hope. We haven't been given happiness in every moment. We haven't been guaranteed some cakewalk. We haven't been guaranteed any measure of financial or physical blessing or a perfect life. But we have been guaranteed the Holy Spirit and we have been guaranteed hope. And we have been guaranteed joy in our suffering. And because we have hope, then Paul talks about in Colossians that we can have passion through our speech. And not just passion in the way of we can stand up here and be excited and be lively when we teach or we can stand on some campus or stand in front of someone and tell them about the love that Christ has for us and and be excited, but also that when we're suffering with other people that we can speak with passion to the hope that we have, that we can speak the truth in love. In Colossians chapter 4, it says in verse 5 and 6, be wise in the way that you act Toward outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone, every situation, that your words would be seasoned with salt. This is the joy, the hope, the passion that we've been given. We've been given the model of sacrifice we've been given the model of suffering we've been given the model of speech and so if we have those three things then shouldn't it affect us as a people if this is what we profess as a group of people shouldn't this be a little bit easier for us to model if we believe those things shouldn't we be excited And shouldn't we be eager to endure and suffer with and through the idea of following Jesus in biblical community for the redemption of our world? It shouldn't be a struggle for us to chase after the Lord. It should be be a desire for us not to come on Sundays as just people that are empty 
and needy and we come on Sunday just drained and say, gosh, I hope the worship is awesome because if it's awesome, I'm gonna get filled up and I hope that dad's teaching, Scott's teaching, somebody's teaching is amazing because I am in desperate need of it tonight and I hope that man, somebody made some of that bread because it's gonna be good and it's gonna make that part of church so much better and I need that to be filled and instead of coming so needy, that we would all throughout the week be diving deeper and deeper into the Spirit of God and into His Word and that we would come full and celebrate His goodness together and then we'd go back on Wednesday nights when we go to Com Group that we'd unpack everything that the Lord's doing in our lives together. Not that Com Group shouldn't be a time occasionally that when we come together, people are going through hard things and people are suffering and people are just like going through the mud of life. And we enter into that with them. There is nothing wrong with that. But the hope would be not that we just enter into that with them and stay there, but that we crawl into the mud with them. And until they've got the strength to climb out with us, that we just continue to speak the truth in love and that we continue to suffer with them. And those two things look so radically different in a church that when new people come and join us, that when we go out and engage with the world, that they might see that things are way different than what the rest of the world is doing. And all of that points them back to God and to Jesus. And hopefully is redeeming our world. So three things, three things that I would love for us to walk away with tonight thinking about are these three things. What are you passionate about? What is it for you that gets you fired up? Is it basketball? Is it the Oscars? Is it some social issue? Is it loving people well? Is it planning events? Is it studying God's word and helping other people to really unpack that better? What is it for you that you're passionate about? The Lord has wired you uniquely to be you. He has not wired you uniquely so that you can be everybody else. He has wired you to be you. He's given you certain passions. So what are those? And then the second question is, how can you use those passions to point people to Christ? As ridiculous as it may sound, your passion is basketball. Great. How can you utilize that to point people to the Lord? And somebody says, well, that's not very spiritual. That's not very holy. It doesn't matter. It, 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 there's, no, there's no chart of Super holy passions and super unholy passions. Right? If the, if the Lord has wired you to be excited about something and you can figure out a way to use it to point people to him. Unless it's something that explicitly says in God's word that it leads people away from him. Then there's nothing wrong with using that. So find out what your passion is. Then how can you use that passion to point people to Christ? And then the third thing that I would love for us to consider as a people is how do you take those passions that the Lord has wired you with 
And how can we start to utilize those to pour into one another? And are you coming every Sunday just hoping to be filled and then going out in the week and doing your thing and not considering, like, man, we're doing life together. This is the body of Christ and every single person like Paul talks about is significant and relevant to the function of the body. And if you're important to the function of the body, then how can you take your passions and utilize those to pour into these people. In just a second, we're going to take communion and we're going to sing um, Build My Life. We're going to talk about God being our firm foundation. We're going to talk about him coming and stirring in us and, and leading us to pour into and love and to bless the other people around us. And maybe tonight you are not feeling it. You're not feeling anything stirring in you and you have no idea what it would look like to pour into someone else with the passions that you have. And I just want to encourage you that as we take the Lord's Supper, as you're reminded of the sacrifice that he made to come and to suffer with us. And then as, as we sing, as we sing of the hope that we have, as we more and more build our life upon the foundation of Christ. I just want to encourage you not just to sing these words lightly, but to sing them as a prayer, as a declaration, as a song of, of hope that the Lord would stir in you. And so, as we close this time, I, I want to speak this passage over us as a people. You're welcome to do one of two things. If you're somebody who needs to know what's on the screen, you're welcome to keep your eyes open and, and read along. And if you just want to close your eyes and be with the Lord and be prayed over. But this is straight out of Ephesians. This is not me and some fancy rhetoric. This is straight out of Ephesians. The only thing that I've changed slightly is a couple of the pronouns to make it a prayer for us as a people. So let's pray. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. from whom your whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray, God, that out of your glorious riches, you would strengthen us with power through your spirit and our inner being.
so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for coming to suffer with us. Thank you for giving us hope. We thank you for giving us a foundation for us to build our lives on that is completely unshakable. Lord, I pray that we would receive your body and your blood differently tonight just remembering remembering the passion that you had through your sacrifice God through your suffering the words that you shared with us Lord your speech and the way that they stir us to live our lives differently every day God, help us to sing with new hope. We thank you for your goodness, Father. We pray all this in Jesus' name.